0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This was Rawls on the and He lost a football
0: right in the hands of Collins. Landed Collins down the sideline and the Giants forced the first turnover of the game. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan.
1: Hola, Grump! We are halfway through training camp already, and halfway through preseason.
0: Wasn't that fast?
1: It's amazing how it seems like the whole winter and spring just drags on, but as soon as games start, you know, it's just boom, 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 week one, week two, week three, and, you know, we're halfway done already.
0: I think the NFL does a good job of... Throwing the preseason games around in random days of the week, and before you know it, there's another game, and there's just a lot to talk about, and the week goes by a little bit faster,
1: yeah, I like it too. I like how I don't have to spend my Sunday afternoon or my even my Saturday night watching this. It's you know it's good it's a good thing to watch on a Thursday night, and the NFL does a great job of replaying every game, so yeah, true, even if you can't you know if you're just kind of bumming around like on a Tuesday afternoon and uh, oh. There's an interesting one. You just kind of watch for 20 minutes and you move on. So,
0: Yeah, it's also the kind of thing where uh, the draft just happened, so you kind of want to watch these people you've been talking about throughout all spring in actual action, whether they're on your team or not. So it's always sure. kind of interesting. Like, for instance, it's really fun for me to watch that play of Josh Allen falling backwards and spiking the ball directly into the ground. <laughs> Almost like we all predicted that would happen.
1: Sometimes dreams really do come true.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you're listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, but if you're not, listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a sweet review, five stars. Um, and if you forgot all that, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we talk about it all the time. I'm at football underscore grump.
1: I am at the cranky fan, and I, I highly recommend you following the grump during your game, you know, when the regular season starts and he's actually somewhat coherent and sober, there'll probably be more, you know, better tweets than he gave. But uh, he's he's an entertaining tweet, and he um, he's good to follow during a game. So
0: I uh yeah, it depends on how good or bad we are. Last year, I would think I was drunk for most of the winter, but hopefully, <laughs> it's not the the drinking will happen after the game, not during.
1: Well, that's tintin AA. I'm sure did a good job for you. So. <laughs>
0: So this game, I had no real reason to be drinking the way I was, other than the fact that it was a thunderstorm. But uh, it was it was an encouraging game. I I try not to to get my emotions in one direction or the other. I keep my compass sort of pointing north during these preseason games. But you know, we could talk at length, you know, about uh, the night and day difference with Davis Webb, or just the offense in general looked like it was clicking a lot more than it did last week and these things are to be accepted expected which is why i'm not jumping for joy about it and i wasn't losing my mind on twitter at the time either uh you know the offense gets better as they get more practice together because they're running a script
1: yeah but you know something grump though that is something i used to take for granted until like last year you know seeing how you know Eli got such limited reps in the preseason. And let's be very honest, he hasn't taken that many reps this preseason yet either. But we look for things in preseason as the unit getting collectively better. And that, to me, is more important than just seeing, well, this right tackle did this. You know, this linebacker blew a coverage. To me, it's you want to see the progression from week one to two to three to four that they're building towards as a unit regular season getting ready. And I think we started to see some of that more this week than we did you know, even from week two of last year, you know I know the bar is extremely low with the McAdoo offense, but it's progress, so
0: that's actually an excellent point, and we're about to go into stars and farts, and th- that's something that we do in the regular season and i I think it's a really important thing to highlight you know the winners and losers of each game, but what you're talking about is collective units uh, I think is a really good point, so we're n- I-, I don't have either one of these players as stars or farts, but a really good example was. Uh, I think it was one of Davis Webb's first plays. He just got absolutely drilled, and there was a total breakdown on the right side of the line. And a lot of people predictably went after Eric Flowers for whiffing on Devon Kennard, who ultimately made the snap, the sack. Um, but I tried to highlight that the worst problem we know at this point what Eric Flowers isn't, and isn't, and these things are gonna happen. He's gonna whiff. Guys are gonna come around the edge. What we need to happen is to have the middle of the pocket stay strong so that the quarterback can step up in it and slide out if necessary. What happened on this play is Omame at the same time broke down, and Davis Webb had literally nowhere to go because the entire right side collapsed. I could list Eric Flowers as a fart here, but we know what he is. What we need to happen is as a unit have them block for Davis Webb.
1: Yeah, I think also we have different measuring sticks too. I think we look at everything in preseason much more critically when it's still preseason. You know, these are we have an offensive line that has five different starters than it did this time last year. Yep. Five different starters than February first. Not even talking about let's not even talk about August of two thousand seventeen. We're talking February February of two thousand eighteen. It's completely different. Um things that we catch like you know we'll talk about the Ogletree you know the, the bad pass coverage on that one play it's something that we're going to be much more critical about and be is that a concern for the future as opposed to something that might happen in week 7 like oh he gets a fart this week because he blew that play move on to the next one we don't have any worries so
0: well it's also they get limited limited reps in these scenarios so we only see Ogletree for about 10 exactly. snaps so but, but, we, but the, the 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 curve is a little different
1: Right, but I think the overreaction, non-reaction. I think we're we're grading everything on too much of a what does that mean? When again, we've said this all along, these are glorified scrimmages. Yeah. They're just scrimmages played with it in front of a paid audience. So, um, yeah, I mean, the right side of the line is what it is right now. Um, we got a guy playing right guard who's you know being switched over. He's not signed as a right guard. He was signed to be a left guard. Flowers is a guy we're just going to have to bide our time until it is up. You, know, you can't rebuild five pieces of the offensive line in one year. I think we did a pretty good job from where we were this time.
0: Oh, absolutely. We're seeing it already. So let's, let's keep it there. Um, one of my stars for the game was the beneficiary of some of this blocking, and I, I thought Wayne Gallman played exquisitely. Uh, he played so well that I would feel okay if Barkley had to still sit week one. I felt a lot better watching the way Goleman ran, caught passes, blocked. It looked good. He looked like a legitimate rotational back. Like he wasn't it, just in there to spell yeah, somebody. Let,
1: let's not let's not for, you know confuse a legitimate rotational back with someone saying, "Oh, we're fine if uh, <laughs> if Barkley's not playing." I'm for not
0: one game, up. for one game, for one game is what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, I, I guess I, I can see what you're saying with that. I mean, I think you know. He's making the case that he could be the number two running back in this rotation.
0: I absolutely think so.
1: And, you know, something that might be, you know, not such a bad thing. I mean, again, he's he's cheap. The question becomes is, you know, where's Jonathan Stewart fit into this whole thing? You know, if Wayne Gallman is a legitimate, you know, as we think, could be that serviceable number two back in this rotation, you know, what is the role for Jonathan Stewart going forward?
0: He might just, you know— I think it would be for the battering ram, but he hasn't looked like it so far. Uh, and
1: that also might be by design, too. Do you want a battering ram you're running back through four preseason games?
0: True. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just wanted to take this moment to highlight Wayne Gallman's excellent play. I mean, I know he had two touchdowns. One of them was against, like, fourth stringers. But, I mean, he looked good with the ones. He He had a great route coming out of the backfield on Davis Webb's, like, like 17-play drive?
1: Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. um, I want to give my first star, I think, to Davis Webb. Cool. Um, I mean, it's a very obvious one to do, but I think, you know, there was a week of a lot of bad chatter about him where, again, I don't think the coaching staff or the GM or anybody had any change in their long-term outlook for Davis Webb, but a lot of people were all of a sudden off the Davis Webb train for one half of a preseason game. I think from the come out and look the way he did, I thought was very impressive. And, you know, you have to get, it sounds really silly and stupid, but I think having the fan base and the public and the media behind you is important. Pissing against the wind with, against fan sentiment and stuff is not a good thing, especially for a young player. So it was important. Um, The one thing I did, they had that uh, delay of game. Mm-hmm. Late in the in the in the red zone. That was something where those are the types of things you want to see kind of cleaned up. And that was I was talking about the progression from week one to week two to week three. And I noticed it a few times. And I think you might have even tweeted or texted to me during the game something about are we going to let the, going back to the days where the play clock goes down to three two, one. It's a race to snap it before.
0: Yeah, I did tweet that. I've noticed that. And it wasn't just with Webb. It was with Laletta too. I'd be interested to see if it's with Manning as well. But, I mean, he didn't play this week, so.
1: And remember, though, we're still trying to figure out who our starting center is, so that might be part of it as well. It's
0: also a whole Um, new playbook. So, you know, some of these plays are really, really lengthy. You know, reading the defense is not not exactly second nature again because you have new language, so.
1: But this is definitely, you know, there's a difference between being an up tempo offense, you know, and like oh, something, sure. something like the, you know, the Eagles were under Chris, uh, Chip Kelly, and this kind of, you know, let's just get to the line and milk it down. Now, part of the philosophy might be they want to use more play clock if they want to be more
0: of a running run-or- team,
1: run oriented team, and they want to dominate time and possession and do things like that. But there's a time and place for that, and a situation where you're in the red zone. Those five yards, it could be a killer. Yeah. He made a nice play for the touchdown after. But you know, other than that, though, I think those are things where you're still trying to get things sorted out, and that's what preseason's for. But other than that, though, I, I definitely give a star to Davis Webb. I'm doing it just on the bounce-back effort. If he played average or above average last week, he would not have gotten a star. I think right. just showing the metal that he can bounce back is something that uh, um, was, was important to me.
0: Yeah, and he, he didn't have a good week of practices either. I'm going to pivot to a fart. And I'm going to say Hunter Sharp was a fart this week. I said last week when we went over the wide receivers, we were kind of debating who those fourth, fifth, potentially sixth wide receivers were. And, you know, we thought that Hunter Sharp and his contributions on special teams would be what might push him over the edge, et cetera. This week, he didn't do a single positive thing, I think, at all. And uh, particularly bad on special teams did everything you don't want him to do, which is fumble the ball.
1: He was terrible, you're right. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who could be the fifth or sixth. We're talking about a guy who could potentially be the third or fourth. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and we that's had, just we not going to cut it. And that's also what the, uh, the coaching staff had. You, you know, I have a note in here about um, Roger Lewis, and it's kind of related to this. You, know, you can kind of get a good sense of what the coaches are thinking based upon who's running with what unit and when they're running with him. You know, when you see Roger Lewis, a guy who started last year after everybody got hurt, just basically playing in complete garbage time, that tells you that, yeah, they're going to take a look at him, but they don't have, you know, he's kind of on the outside looking in. And, you know, I know we talk a lot about, well, special teams contributions. First and foremost, this coaching staff wants wide receivers who can also play special teams, not Absolutely. vice versa. Yeah. And, you know, um, you're right, Hunter Sharp had, 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 a, had a terrible game. Um, I, I don't know, how would you rank these receivers right now if you're, uh, you know, once you get past the obvious three, where would you go one through five with the other guys right now? Well,
0: I, I guess the obvious three are Beckham, Shepard, and uh, Latimer. Latimer. I I, mean, I thought and none of these guys deserve stars, so it's sort of like a toss of the hat each each game that we're seeing. Um, but I thought that Russell Shepard looked the best out of all of the, the remainder. Um, he had I agree. A couple nice catches. I think that... His skill set allows him that he could contribute on special teams. I'm not. I didn't really notice him playing special teams, which is also not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I I think Roger Lewis. I I understand what, everything you said. I agree with, and I I don't get it because everything I've seen this preseason looks as good as it's always been. He's been good on special teams. He makes catches. He had a, a big catch in this game. Again, admittedly, in garbage time, but. Uh, I I think I would put him right underneath Russell, Russell Shepard and Khalif Raymond right around there hanging with him like almost neck and neck. And then everybody else below.
1: Um, Again, it might also come down to contract.
0: Yeah. Well, of course. You know,
1: I mean we are – I think I saw we only have like $800,000 in free money left under the cap.
0: Yeah, I think that's the least we've ever had at this point in the yeah, year. Yeah,
1: and I think we're the lowest in the NFL right now. At this point, I mean, it gets better next year, obviously, with the JPP number comes off the book. Yeah, but, um, you know, that's something to consider. You know, if we have any sort of rash of injuries like we did last year, we have no money.
0: And and to me, uh, who would you rather have back there? The guy who played all of last season, you know, decently well, just inconsistent. Or would you have one of these guys who aren't even consistent now against third stringers?
1: Uh, it doesn't matter because it was a whole different staff and whole different.
0: Uh, I'm asking you, what do you think? Who would you rather have?
1: I don't understand why Roger Lewis is so far in the doghouse. I mean, I unless, I don't get it. Unless there's some issue going on where he's not picking up the playbook or he's just in the coach's doghouse for whatever reason. Again, you know, even the media, you know, besides us. <laughs> they don't get to see every second of practice and he might be just a, you know, doing a bad job in practice. Sure. And they just might say, you know, we're not, we're, we're not seeing it. So I think there's something that we all don't know about what's going on.
0: Could be. Yeah. Um, I had another star. Um, I, I, I think at this point now, after two games, he deserves a star, but Kareem Martin, uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit more at length in a little bit, but when they brought Kareem Martin in, I you know he had a good year as a pass rusher last year, but he's primarily a good guy on on the edge to keep contain, stop the run. He's really good at you know stalemating blocks at at worst and pushing the pocket at, you know at best. But two games in a row now, he's been living in the backfield. Uh, th- this game in particular, he really got in there and had a sack, um, but when he starts working more and more in a regular season up against the guy and they play that chess match, the one-on-one chess match that happens in games, he's going to start winning more and more and, and really putting pressure into the pocket. And I thought, you know, he has exceeded what I've expected from him when we signed him.
1: Yeah. We, we were, we were concerned about the linebacker spot. It was just when we heard we're going to a three, four, you know, do we have mm-hmm. the debt for it? Do we have the, the personnel that's right for it and everything? And, uh, you know, other than I'm, I'm not even gonna give a fart to Ogletree because of that. You know, that play where we got Burton coverage because that's something we're gonna have to scheme for. I think. Yeah. I, mean, I think the 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 word on him is when we got him was that was not his strength anyway. You know, coverage. So it's something. It's probably better that it happened early on in in preseason. We've seen it a couple times now in preseason that it gives this coaching staff some time to kind of scheme around it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been pretty. Overall, the whole linebacking play has been pretty decent, I think. I mean, I I think, you know, especially stopping the run. I think this whole defensive unit's been playing pretty well. Again, it's not going to get crazy, you know, based on what we're seeing, but definitely encouraging signs. Sure. I want to give another star to uh, Rojas again. Okay. He drilled another super long field goal. Uh, People were kind of bent about the short kickoffs in the game, but – it came out from the coaching staff, I think, yesterday that that was by design.
0: Which I think some of us had suspected.
1: Kind of figured that, yeah. And then some people were nitpicking. Well, I like to see it a little further than they're supposed to kick it short. Like, give me a break. It, I mean, <laughs> if
0: they're asking him to kick it short so they can analyze the coverage teams, they yeah. don't care if he kicks it to the ten or the five.
1: Yeah. Can we remember this is preseason? And we're trying to try different things out. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, You know, again, that was a long monster field goal. Of course, he's not going to be kicking in 72 degrees in a dome in December in the Meadowlands.
0: No, but... but,
1: Again... (laughs) But but when that situation comes up,
0: when he is kicking in 72 degrees in in a dome, you want him to be able to make it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, that situation (laughs) will
0: happen this year.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if we make the playoffs, we might be playing on the road... In a place like, you know, that's a dome <laughs> or somewhere in the south.
0: Well, fuck somewhere. the playoffs. What 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 about Atlanta? I mean, it doesn't have to be that late in the year. Every game matters.
1: That's true. That's true. That's
0: true. So, I mean, yeah, it's really great that he can make a, a 35 or a 40 yarder in Meadowlands in December, but every field goal matters. And that includes long ones in perfect weather.
1: Right, right. So I, I want to give him kind of like my non-star about, you know.
0: <laughs> you anti-stars. Re- re-
1: my anti-star, yeah, because it's encouraging to see. And, again, that was one of our big concerns in the off-season was, you know, the uh, kickers and punters. So uh, I want to give a fart to that uh, Mer- Mark Herslet that, that –
0: um, Oh, the helmet you know, rule? He called. Yeah. Yeah, that was I mean, a bad I penalty.
1: S- I mean, it's just – I know they're still trying to figure out what is and what isn't the rule, which to me, if you have to figure out what it is and what isn't the rule, you need to revisit the rule. <laughs> but um, – <laughs> it just seems like it's something that could be very arbitrarily called and if you, you know, you feel like momentum goes your way or against you can really impact a game just on the subjectiveness of the call.
0: Well, I mean it's it's a killer call too because you know, I understand that calls can go wrong and it's part of the game, and you have to deal with it, right? I mean sometimes officials screw something up that's not reviewable, particularly penalties, right? It happens but this is a 15-yard penalty that they only get two shots at. They will be ejected if they do this twice. Right.
1: Right. So and it impacts how you play the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. Um
1: so I, I I definitely yeah. give that a fart because you know, all around the league. I mean, I think it was in the Viking game. I'm sure you saw the uh the clip. Oh yeah. They called roughing the passer. On, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can somebody give me any sort of explanation why that was roughing the passer?
0: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
1: if that's what the league is going to fine, let us all know, you know, and, but the subjectiveness of these calls is just, you know, it's getting out of control. And if you're going to err on the side of caution more, change the game fundamentally, because you can't have people not knowing what to do because people will get hurt if they're not going a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: you'll have more injuries that way than people actually getting hit on roughing the passer calls. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a star to um, – and it's not going to be as big a star as everybody else gave, but to Kerry Win, And uh, this transitions perfectly in what we're about to do. Uh, yeah. I, I think that Kerry Wynn in special teams and on defense, pushing the pocket, playing the run, was, was starting quality. Um, and the only reason that that deserves a star is that this – current defensive line is so good that he's probably not starting quality on it. And he's our depth and he is definitely starting quality based on, you know, the, the, the amount of time we, we've seen him for years now. We know what he is. Uh, and he just seems, seems to keep getting better. Um,
1: if it's a guy that we can get 15 quality snaps a game and give these guys a blow, which we haven't had. Sure. Yeah. That makes and, it and not have a huge the drop off the most valuable yeah. players on the team. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, he played outstanding in all aspects. I'm sure all of you already know. If you haven't watched the game, then check it out because he he was just all over the place and it was it was not just against scrubs. He did play, I believe in the first quarter. He did, he did. Yeah, so um and this transitions perfectly in what we're about to do, which is uh review of the defensive line and the linebackers. So just basically the front 7 because in this this defense there's sort of kind of fluid um, yeah. and
1: you could be lined up anywhere in this defense. You know, we we it almost seems like we've seen more four three than three four at times in this in these first couple of games.
0: And and believe me, we we haven't seen anything yet. Um, yeah. And I I know this because you know in watching some James Betcher defense, he's a real big fan of the a gap blitz, and we did still have not done much of that. He's definitely keeping the playbook close to the chest until that week one game. Um, against Jacksonville. Which,
1: tell, which tells you that the success we've had in these first two games is on. Just ability. Yeah. <laughs> more, so, more so than even, you know, doing the component of of scheming and game planning and play calling. So that's, uh, it's just bigs versus bigs and see what happens. That's encouraging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and this starting defensive line is not even what I would have expected, uh, you know, three months ago. But B.J. Hill has worked himself into an obvious starter. I, I yeah. wouldn't have thought that. Um, and he's you know playing alongside snacks and dalvin tomlinson it's like the great wall of china uh, they, they, no team has run for more than like four yards uh against his defense yet
1: i i believe i saw the stat that they're uh leading the NFL in fewest yards per carry against <laughs> That's the you know the first stupidest two games. thing
0: i've ever heard. but
1: but it's stupid you know something it's the stupidest thing but it's you have to, there is a measuring stick sure
0: so, yeah yeah if we're you're up, right if
1: we're giving up eight yards a carry we'd all be jumping off the building right now
0: that's true um (laughs) and and all three of these guys are are quality run stoppers but they all seem to be pushing the pocket as well or Mm -hmm. at the very least eating up blockers to allow our outside linebackers or blitzing safety or whoever the hell to get in there because we've been getting consistent pressure as well
1: that's where it all starts absolutely we've seen for the last couple of years where you know you're not getting that pass rusher and that you know thing from the inside and everything it all kind of you know domino effects going out so
0: yeah and and that's just our our starters i i think when i list the backups that i think are making the roster i think i have carry win as like the number one backup um you know I, I think if you asked him to play nose tackle he would do it and do a pretty good job but i mean obviously it's not what you want to do but uh I mean I have Kerry Wynn and Josh Morrow as definite 12s and Josh Morrow is suspended for the first four games so he won't even count against the roster.
1: Yeah, let's not forget about him. I mean it's easy to, you know, out of out of mind, but week 5 when he's back, that's an immediate upgrade as well. Yeah. You know, we and um sure.
0: It's kind of unclear who qualifies as defensive line and who qualifies as linebacker. So I did the best I could. Uh you know, I, I think that Romeo Okwara, given his length and his, you know, time on the defensive line, he will switch back and forth to playing right down there and, you know, standing up. And he had a pretty decent game, you know, against Detroit.
1: Yeah, uh, I, th- I have one of my notes. I have his I name I a couple I believe times. he had
0: a sack in which he pretty much essentially clotheslined the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Avery Moss, I think, is sort of—I don't want to say playing his way off the roster, but he's just being buried more and more.
1: That happens sometimes too, where guys just for whatever reason—well, it's a scheme so just, switch.
0: Yeah, I think he was just a better fit for the four-three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this this position is going to come down to a battle between Robert Thomas and AJ Francis. Um, they're both kind of the same guy. They're big bodies. They're gonna. They both have the ability to to you know throw a swim move in there and rush the quarterback, but really they're they're space eaters and they're gonna be the rotation um and so far neither one of them has really outplayed the other. I know Robert Thomas had a actually hysterical sack of baker mayfield where he pretty much just grabbed by the shoulder pads and just threw him to the ground threw yeah. him to the
1: ground right like was... <laughs> welcome to the n
0: f l um. And I guess we're sort of waiting on what's going to happen with R.J. McIntosh. They sunk a draft pick in him, so I have to think that he's either making the roster or going on IR at some point.
1: I would think probably IR at this point. Yeah. I mean, we're running out of time. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't throw a guy like him on the practice squad.
0: Well, I would think that somebody's probably going to eat him up.
1: Oh, that's where you get a clear before you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And then the other guys I'm not... You know, Jordan Williams, Josh Banks, I don't think are really making the team. So. No, I don't think so either. But, I mean, this is probably the most encouraging unit on the entire team, and that includes wide receivers, running backs, everything. I I mean, I don't feel – and if we lose one of these guys, I don't feel terrible about it.
1: Well, that's that to me is why it's the most encouraging unit. I mean, yes. wide receivers, and you're talking – when you have Beckham and Shepard and, you know, Lattimore. That's a pretty – that's a solid three.
0: Right, but, but it's that's it.
1: But all of a sudden, you know, if Beckham gets hurt again or even, you know, Shepard's down for two weeks, you're starting to dip into that pool of guys we're talking about right now. We don't know if they're making the team. Yeah. This is a question of if somebody goes down, we have, you know, someone who can just step right in and go. Kerry Wynn can step right in if he has to. Mm-hmm. So that, I, I kind of agree with you, might be our most encouraging unit.
0: Yeah. Um, linebackers, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the starting group before has played pretty well. I mean we we know what our issue is and that's you know, covering the middle of the field with particularly athletic guys such as That's also been
1: a problem. That's also been a problem since the Giants played the polo grounds.
0: Yeah, so yeah, this is this isn't news anyway, so we're sort of used to this. Um I do think that if Jason Witten were still playing, Al Ogletree would be a lot better than trying to cover Alvin Kamara, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. True.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the four starting linebackers have been playing better than I anticipated. I thought that the four starters of Martin, Goodson, Ogletree, and Vernon were going to be primarily a run-stopping unit. And so far, they've looked like, yeah, they're an A-plus run-stopping unit, but they're like kind of an A-minus pass rusher so far, which is more than I expected. Um, Or maybe a B-plus, whatever. But...
1: And it's also good because a guy like Lorenzo Carter can ease his way in. There's exactly. And, and, have to and throw him in as a green rookie in a major role. I mean, you'll get his reps and his snaps, but it's not all of a sudden, you know, we're throwing him into the fire and we're relying on you heavily.
0: Yeah. And, and he, he played a decent game against Detroit. It's slowly starting to slowly starting to slow down for him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's beginning to slow down for him and he's, he's figuring it out. I mean, he's, he's all arms and legs pass rushing. He's not, his technique needs to be cleaned up, but, um, you know, that that's our, that's our pass rushing rotation with Carter and Barwin. Um, who, you know, don't sleep on Barwin. He might become sort of that Terrell Suggs guy where, you know, he plays only on third downs and, you know, in that fourth quarter when it's third and third and six, he comes up with a huge sack that pretty much ends the drive, kicks him out of field goal range. It's, it's the most important sack of the game, but it's the only thing he did the whole game. Right. Right. Um,
1: Ray Armstrong had that pick in the game?
0: I think that he's played exceptionally well, and he might be yeah. the only one in this group that covers up the weakness of pass uh, defense and coverage because he's a converted safety, and he's looked pretty well... He's he's looked good out there. Um, I I noticed him more in the Cleveland game, and then... So I was kind of keying, uh, keying in on him in this game, and he made the interception before I even realized he was in the game.
1: So... The question becomes, how many linebackers are going to keep on this roster? You know, if you go, 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 go get past the four starters, you know, you're still talking another, you know, seven guys right now in camp. Who are we keeping?
0: I'm thinking another four. I think you have Barwin and Carter as your third-down rushers, mm-hmm. and I think you keep Bray-Ray Armstrong, potentially even in uh, just regular nickel situations. Um, so
1: Herzlick is the odd man out?
0: No, I think Herzlick is the fourth guy that we keep. I think Barwin, we keep we Carter. eight, eight altogether, four, four in the back.
1: I see. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, and Herzlick, I think, you know, he comes in with some special teams, but, you know, he comes in with, you know, the depth at the inside linebacker position is thin. So I think mm-hmm. you would need to keep him.
1: Okay. Makes sense.
0: Guys like Calvin Munson and Curtis Grant, who were at one time starters last year, just not even... A consideration in my mind. They're not doing anything to change my mind when I watch these games. Um, right. I will say, though, the Giants did just sign somebody tonight, uh, which, if you're listening to this Tuesday morning, it was last night, um, named Warren Long, that I tried to do some research on. He played for the Seahawks. I couldn't really find much on him other than the fact that he's a converted running back, so he might be good in that mm-hmm. pass defense situation also. We'll have to see.
1: Okay. Well, we'll... We'll be charting him the rest of the preseason for sure. Yeah, really. Um, one final thought I had: um, Bengals cut um, at safety, George, George Iloka. Iloka, do you see him as a potential something we could take a little interest in? Or,
0: well, I mean, I said this to Jordan Rayon or somebody on Twitter: uh, Will he play for free? We don't have any money. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure people say this that you know the cap is is fluid and. They find ways to pay players without really having it affect the cap right away. So, if he is willing to come here, it would be he would be the starter. And next week we're going to go into the secondary as we recap the third game. But uh, I, I, the money is the only thing I see as the issue. Talent wise, well, it would be fantastic.
1: Well, let's let's think about this for a second. You know. You have to be under the cap by a certain date. So if we go over the cap at this moment, is that the way the cap works in the NFL?
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, again, we're gonna see some surprise cuts on this roster. You can, there'll be more money available than the only, you know, eight hundred and something thousand dollars we have right now. Um
0: Well, the, my my concern is we haven't seen a big problem with the free safety position. We have three guys vying for it. I don't wanna spend too much time on this, but mm-hmm. If we're going to use that last bit of money we have, however we figure it out, on a depth signing from cutdowns, do we want it to be the free safety position or are we thinking more offensive line depth or corner depth or, or something like but it, that? You know, but
1: This almost feels like a different type of cut though. This it is, like but normal. what I'm saying is yeah.
0: even with however they figure out the money, they're only going to be able to sign one of those guys. They're not going to be able to swing two. So if they get Iloka now, they're really not going to get anyone on cut down later. I just don't see how it, be, it would happen.
1: Well, it's also a burden hand beats too, in the bush, too. Like, the, the hope you can find, a, you know, some depth at right tackle or something, and it just might not be there. And it's like now you're, you know, you have cap money in your back pocket.
0: I suppose. But, I mean, come week eight, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the answer to your question legitimately. I will say, speaking for on-the-field things only – Sure, I would love him in there. He would be an immediate starter, I think. Yeah, yeah, it would solve some
1: some problems we will be discussing next week.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, if any, if if that does happen, or if he signs elsewhere, you can find us commenting on it on Twitter at football underscore grump. I will bitch and moan about our money situation, but you know, it's all part of the JPP thing that Gettleman solved. So
1: wow, the, the Segway game is in top form tonight. Uh, yeah, nice I've been job. working on
0: it. It's week three of preseason. This is this is the dress rehearsal.
1: This is our dress rehearsal for our shows for the rest of the year. So Yeah. <laughs> you can find me. Where can you find me? Oh, it's always at The Cranky Fan. A lot going on this time of year. We have Gator football starting in 10 days, so make sure you also check out my companion podcast, Mark and The Cranky Fan. We'll get ready for our season preview this week. So check that out.
0: Hell yeah, and and we're gonna do a little. But I mean, we haven't talked about this yet. But um, you know, come around, cut down. We have that that brief little week in between uh, the end of the preseason, the beginning of the regular season, where we'll have some time for a bonus episode before we preview the Jacksonville matchup, where we're going to talk about. It'll be post-cutdown, so we'll talk about where we still see holes in this roster, upcoming contract problems, uh, and I will highlight. Along with the expert in the area for college players coming out in the draft next year, that are people to keep an eye on as the year progresses. Uh, obviously, it's too early to make any sort of draft plans or predictions, but you know, Guys, so things watch change. Things change throughout the year, and and I, I I spend my Saturdays watching individual players, not necessarily teams. So
1: yeah, if you're sitting around on a Saturday, let's kind of focus your watching on something as opposed to just watching everything.
0: So. Yeah. So that'll be a fun thing that we're going to do in there, and that sort of ties into Mike's area of expertise, which is the Florida Gators.
1: And all things SEC, really. Yeah. (laughs) So I pity all of you fools.
0: (laughs) All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants.